1: through perspectives of hope in Jesus Christ. Our show in New England is an extension of a program that I did for many years in Hawaii. Today, we reach back into the vault, and I've got a special one for you. Open your heart. Hear what the Lord has to say to you today. The next big thing, it's a book written by Danny Lehman, the forward of the book. Is written by Lauren Cunningham, the founder of Youth with a Mission. And he he writes this. He says, there's a song that often plays in my mind. It says, little is big when God is in it. Lauren Cunningham says, that's exactly what this book is about. It's author Danny Lehman, whom I've known for decades, is one of my heroes. He's an evangelist among evangelists, a teacher among teachers, a leader. Among leaders. My featured guest today is Danny Layman. He's in studio with me. Danny lives in Honolulu with his wife, Linda. He travels extensively. Ever since I've known him, he's been traveling and he continues to do that. In fact, he, he travels more and more, preaching the gospel and teaching on evangelism, missions, and the disciplined life. He's the director of Youth with a Mission in Hawaii and the dean of the College of Christian Ministries. Also, YWAM, youth of the Mission Internationals teaching arm. The laymen's have two married sons, Daniel and David, who are both active in ministry. And I just want to pause. You know, I'm here with an evangelist in studio with me, and 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 his heart and my heart, our heart, is to bring you closer and closer to the Lord Jesus Christ. For you, whatever you're going through, whatever you're feeling, whatever you're facing as a challenge, for you to know how much God loves you and He knows you. And for you to put your faith and trust in the Lord Jesus, who loved you so much. He died on the cross for your sins, shed His blood on that cross for your sins and ours, and was raised again on the third day. And the living Christ calls you today. My guest, Danny Lehman, is here with us. We're here to talk about his new book, The Next Big Thing. Danny, welcome to our show.
2: Thanks for having me on.
1: I love this title, The Next Big Thing, How Little Choices Make a Big Impact. Danny, why? Why did you write this book?
2: Well, it actually came out of an experience I had um, uh, most evangelists, matter of fact, most preachers, most people that love God, want to make as big of an impact for God as you possibly can. That makes sense. Uh, I'd rather win a million people to Christ than win a thousand, and most of us want to, you know, do that. But um, I think a lot of times our selfish ambition gets mixed up with our godly ambition, and some of us can't see straight uh, because of our own ambition. It blinds us, blind ambition. And so uh, this was pointed out to me a couple years ago. Actually, it was about six or seven years ago. I was over in England at a big missionary conference and uh, my wife's uh, mom had been living with us because she was a, um, she had had a brain aneurysm, and so she, she needed 24-hour care. And so my wife stayed home with her when I went to this big missionary conference. So I called my wife from London and told her what I was doing, and she uh, um, patiently listened to me talk about myself. And then after I talked about myself for about 10 minutes, I said, golly, Linda, I've been talking about myself for 10 minutes. Why don't you talk about me for a while? No, that's not what I said. Uh, but I realized it was a little bit sure. one-sided. And I said, what have you been doing? And she said, oh, I was just helping your mother-in-law uh, go to the toilet and help her with toilet-related activities and experiencing the presence of Jesus. And uh, she was doing the next big thing to a woman that was couldn't really do anything for the kingdom of God because of her brain damage. But she was showing the love of God in a very practical way to one, quote, little person. And I was doing a big missionary planning talking about translations of my books and mass crusades and all this big stuff and not that there's anything wrong with being big god's got big dreams for the whole world but i think sometimes we we mix up god's idea of big and little and we think we're big when we're really very little and jesus said talk about little mustard seeds and and um, he's had a small band of disciples and And I started re-looking at uh, scriptures in the Bible about humbling yourself and not trying to exalt yourself. And if you love your life in this world, you'll lose it. If you lose it, you'll find it. And all those paradoxes that are very much as part of the Christian life, and Jesus being our example was really big as the creator of the universe. Can't get any bigger than that. And yet he became a common criminal humiliated in front of the whole world. You can't get any smaller than that. And yet he's our example. So I started re-examining what's big and what's little and and came up with the concept of the next big thing is the next thing God tells you to do. Whether it's picking up a cigarette butt in the parking lot or preaching to 50,000 people, if God's telling you to do it, it's big.
1: Now, you— process this mm-hmm. it came over over time I and mean, in fact the last time you were here in studio you were talking about writing uh, a book and yeah. it, 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 you were talking about this book and you know it, it was a process that you went through how did these things begin to formal formalize uh in your in your mind and in your heart over the course of time
2: well i just started to think about it so, some things were positive like uh You know, I would have somebody come up and say, you know, Danny, that one word you said to me 25 years ago got me launched on the mission field. Then negatively, uh, one time I had a woman come up to me and she was pouring her heart out to me after a meeting that I preached at. and, And I was kind of glancing at my watch and looking at the next person to talk to. And she just busted me and said, you don't care about me. You're just doing your religious thing. And you. You know, and I started saying, "Wow, Lord, here's this woman; she's the next big thing, and I failed her." You know, and
1: she said that to you.
2: Yeah, yeah. Oh, she didn't say those words, but she said <laughs> she rebuked me and said, "You yeah. know, hey, Mister Big Preacher, uh, I'm pouring my heart out. My husband just left me, and I'm dumping all this stuff on you, and you don't have five minutes to talk to me." Wow. <laughs> you know? wow. And I was really set back. And, and another incident I had with a guy that was a uh, he was um, uh, brain damaged because of a, a construction accident, and, and he used to come to our YWAM base and. He loved me and thought I was great and, and loved to hear my preaching and stuff. And and one day, because he was hard to understand, because he had a hard time enunciating his words, so it took some effort to listen to the guy, you know, and, and, and I, for the most part, did that most of the time. But this one evening, I was just in a hurry to get out on a street outreach, and I was getting the YWAMers into the vans and kind of being my hyperactive self, type A self. And, um, and And I purposely shined him on. I purposely made out like I deceived him, like I didn't see him. And I went and got in the van, and boy, I got in that van, and the Holy Spirit was all over me with conviction. Oh, you're too big in your big ministry to help this little guy, even though he's brain damaged, and he can't, you know, he's looking, this is the highlight of his week, to come and see you once a week. And he lives by himself in this, you know, and God just busted me, said, Danny, if you were in a wheelchair for five minutes, you'd be complaining to me. And this guy's in a wheelchair every day of his life, and I couldn't give him five minutes. And I just began to see, you know, what what would Jesus, when we talk about what would Jesus do? Jesus already did it. You know, Jesus spent time with a woman at the well. You know, he spent time with, you know, you know if, it, if, if Peter would have been on my team, I'd have kicked him off the team, you know, but Jesus <laughs> spent time with Peter. And I just started to see, you know, maybe I'm not as much like Jesus as I think I am, no matter how many books I've got out or how many people invite me to speak or how big the crowds are. Uh, it's what's the next big thing, you know? And, and I, I got a, one of my examples is from Greg Laurie when he was, you know, who's got a big ministry mm-hmm. by all measurements and is also a friend of mine he got his start in ministry by going into Chuck Smith's office and saying he wanted to be involved in ministry. And Chuck said, you know, basically gave him a coffee can and told him to pick up cigarette butts in the parking lot. And that was Greg's introduction to ministry. Now, Greg does preach to big crowds. But I think if you ask him what ministry is, he would tell you that story and say, ministry is the next thing God tells you to do. And what we do as preachers and I, got I haven't been guilty of this, but I do know preachers who have been guilty of charging a certain fee, and you don't know who you're getting here, and uh, I've got a big book out, and so you better put me in a five-star hotel, and you better do this and that, and I go, where did all this come from? This doesn't sound like Jesus to me, but you're big now, so because you're big, you can command a certain honorarium or something like that, mm-hmm. and I just say, bogus. Uh, we're supposed to be servants of the Lord whether we're picking up those cigarette butts or whether we're preaching to the crowd. And what do we have that we did not get as a gift from God anyway? So who are we to think we are big just because we have, and you can you know fill in the blanks, big church, big ministry, big book sales. God says you're nothing without the grace of God and that, that we need to recognize that and, and, and you know, let him cut us down to size.
1: Your honesty and the clarity uh, in which you write and the way you speak, uh, it it has a, of course, the spirit of God can use it. Mm-hmm. As a, I mean, as I read your book, Danny, I I read it uh, with with a lot of reflection, mm. and a lot of underlining, a lot of note taking through it, because it it spoke to me personally. I mean, it w- there was conviction, but the, you also were very transparent. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's like uh, you know. You're at a place in life where there's no there's no show. I mean, it's like, hey, this is what it is. This is what I've gone through. This is what I'm learning. Mm-hmm. And so there's a almost a disarming uh, effect, too, in that. You know, I could be a, a reader with a real defensive attitude. Well, okay, you know, but you shared. And, and that's why I think, you know, this book, uh, the next big thing, one of the reasons, the next big thing is being used by the Lord is because... You, you've like allowed yourself to open up and let Christ Christ come through for us to to see that Christ really can and does live his life through people mm-hmm. there's a genuineness in it and uh, you know it will encourage and inspire you kind of like w- wherever you are in life uh, but especially if there's a feeling of like a little bit of anxiety uh, a feeling of uh, lack of satisfaction with where you are in life today mm-hmm. because you wish you were someplace else or maybe you feel like your dreams you know, haven't materialized in time or in the way that you, you would have hoped that they would. Uh, you've been delighting yourself in the Lord and you're wondering, hey, when is he going to give me the desires of my heart? Mm-hmm. Uh, well, he's working in you. And this is just a great reminder of the great things that God has for us are in the little things that God gives us the privilege to do. I'm here with Danny Lehman. He's the author of the book, The Next Big Thing, How Little Choices Can Make a Big Impact. We're going to take a break right now. When we come back, we're going to talk about more things about, uh, like, how does God plant the seed of an idea in people? It may be for a book, it may be something else, but also, why is... uh, How can a butterfly and butterfly wings relate with big things? You know, to get this book, you can get it at www.stokerstuff.com. That's stokerstuff.com. That's uh, where you can get this book here. The Next Big Thing, How Little Choices Can Make a Big Impact. It's written by Danny Lehman. Danny is in studio with me. We'll take a break right now and we'll talk more with him when we come back. Wandering the road of desperate life
3: must leave beneath the barren sky Leave it to me i you home. On behalf of Danny Yamashiro Ministries, thank you from the bottom of our hearts for listening to The Good Life with Dr. Danny weekdays at 6 p.m. on WEZE and visiting drdanny.live for more resources. My dear friend, it is because of listeners and donors like you that we are able to spread the message of Jesus' love and bring hope to people like you, your family, and friends. Proverbs 11.25 says, He who refreshes others will himself be refreshed. Will you prayerfully consider donating to Danny Yamashiro Ministries so that we may continue to broadcast the gospel so believers will be built up and non-believers may form a relationship with Jesus Christ? Visit drdanny.live to make a financial contribution today. That's drdanny.live. And thank you again for supporting The Good Life with Dr. Danny. May God richly bless you with The Good Life.
1: This is Danny Yamashiro. Don Pick Benson wrote, When I was growing up, my dad was a farmer, not a Christian. He had little interest in faith, having been told by his father that the Bible was a fairy tale. But then a local pastor took an interest in my dad, asking if he could help plow the fields on the weekend. That one act of service spoke louder than words ever could to my dad. By his actions, The pastor made my dad feel loved, and that did more than any preaching could have. He didn't need convincing about the theological correctness of the Bible. He needed to feel God's love for him. This pastor met that need in a practical way, and that's evangelism. For more inspiration on evangelism, go to drdanny.live.
0: You're listening to The Good Life with Dr. Danny, a program of Danny Yamashiro Ministries and Formation Institute. Divisions of Jesus Christ is calling you. Now let's join Dr. Danny and experience the good life today. Danny
1: Yamashiro here. Welcome back to our show. Today, we're reaching into the vault for a classic interview. I hosted this show in Hawaii. Please enjoy. Welcome back to our show. Floyd McLung of All Nations uh, there in Cape Town, South Africa says, Danny grasps and communicates the upside-down nature of the kingdom. And he writes without a lot of religious jargon and hype. Uh, You won't be able to put it down. Uh, Floyd McLung. he's talking about the book The Next Big Thing, How Little Choices Can Make a Big Impact. It's written by Danny Lehman. And uh, Danny talks about how doing the next big thing is the little things that God places in your life. I'll tell you, it's one of the most encouraging, inspiring books. It's certainly, God has used that to minister to me. In uh, a real tender time in my life, uh, recently, as, as I've been really praying and seeking the Lord for His guidance and direction, you know, we all go through that from time to time, and we need the Lord, and God used this book to to help bring clearer focus uh, more clarity in my life this is the Good Life Hawaii radio show I'm Danny Amashur and my featured guest today is Danny Lehman Danny talk to us about uh, butterfly wings and and big things How, 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 do, how do the, yeah. it sounds good but how does it connect
2: yeah that was when I, I put a butterfly on the uh, cover of the book because um, I was gonna put a m- big butterfly there and my son said it's not about butterflies dad just put it down in the corner so I put it down there Uh, In the in the artwork just to um, illustrate the principle that started in 1961 there was a meteorologist scientist by the name of Edward Lorenz he was punching in some numbers on an early era computer computers in those days were as big as a refrigerator and uh, the weather pattern that he was predicting came out totally different because he had missed a hundreds of a thousands of a percentage point. So he took his findings into a scientific community meeting and they came up with the concept of the butterfly effect and said in essence that if a butterfly flaps its wings in Brazil, it can ultimately be the uh, the, the variable to decide whether or not there's going to be a hurricane in Texas maybe years later because of the molecules bouncing back and forth and so forth. Now this was kind of pop culture's uh, late night talk show fodder for fun until the 90s when some physicists got together and they took it seriously and they actually proved that it's true everything from the smallest of molecules in the universe to our relationships with one another comes down to um, what the people that don't believe in God would call random chaos theory, that everything happens, it's all random chaos. Now, of course, we as Christians, we know that God allows, you know, random chaos doesn't take God by surprise. It's the way he made the universe, but that we can supersede that with our obedience to God, and our butterfly effect can be the, the little thing that the little word that we say the little little encouragement we give to somebody to launch them into a whole direction in their life um, back in the late 1970s I took a guy to the airport from in California named Kalafi Mawala and he said something like Danny you see you got a real burden for souls but I'd li- I, I think you need to consider discipling nations it took him about five seconds to say that but those words changed my whole life I decided to follow him into Youth with a Mission. And so I've been here in Hawaii for 32 years now because of that five seconds. Now, he didn't think nothing of it. He doesn't even remember it, but that really had an impact on me. And so the the little things that you we think about, uh, and, and this is in pop culture with Back to the Future and It's a Wonderful Life with Jimmy Stewart and Gwyneth Paltrow was in a movie a few years ago called Sliding Doors. And and one scene has her just getting to a subway train to get through the sliding doors just on time. And the next scene has her with a split second of a delay missing the sliding doors. And the movie goes on to show how her whole life was totally changed in two different directions because of missing those sliding doors. And, and this could depress you if you're (laughs) totally in bondage to random chaos, but we're not. And that's the wonderful thing. The butterfly effect can work in a positive way for us in that if we can just You know, do those little obediences to God, those little things. And I I used picking up cigarette butts for an example, but probably a better example would be uh, an example I have in the book from the Civil War. I went to a place a couple months ago called Little Round Top on the Battle of Gettysburg, and one commander made a decision. There were 450 rebel soldiers storming up Little Round Top. He was supposed to hold it at all costs. Uh, and uh, Colonel Chamberlain jumped up on a wall and said, fix bayonets, and 80 guys from the Union Army fixed bayonets to run down the hill at uh, 450 rebel soldiers. They dropped their weapons, and 40, I mean 80 guys captured 400 guys, turned the course of the Battle of Gettysburg, which turned the course of the Civil War, which historians say, and I got this from a book called uh, they, They Saved the Union at Little Round Top, that little skirmish, and I was actually standing right there a couple mm-hmm. months ago, mm-hmm. that changed the course of American history. Now, what would have happened with Khrushchev in 1962? What would have happened with Hitler in 1939? If You you know, the whole course of human history was changed by a split-second decision by a commander. And, and you could trace almost every decision to those kinds of things that, that have significance. And the way I understand the Bible, God hasn't called us to be successful. He's called us to be significant. And what we think is success— You know, getting back to ministry success like selling books and wowing the crowds may be significant. That depends on God. Mm -hmm. But it's not necessarily significant. What's significant is you obey what God told you to do, and then God takes that little butterfly wing and makes the tornadoes in some other part of the world. I got saved because somebody gave me a 10-cent gospel tract and spent five minutes with me. And my eternal destiny was changed. And by the grace of God, I've been able to affect a lot of other people's eternal destiny because uh, of a five cent tract, so uh, that's what I mean by the butterfly effect. Little choices make big, big impact.
1: You mentioned significance, Danny. In each of our hearts, is there a, a longing, a yearning, a gnawing within us to be significant? Sure. And uh, how have we? How have we got? gotten duped into thinking that it's all these big things that uh, are, are what really matter and and not these little things
2: uh, well i have an illustration in the book um called ananias and the next big thing <clears throat> who's ananias most people have never heard a bible message on ananias now there's three ananiases in the book of acts one of them obviously died early the other one was this little guy he's in damascus and god speaks to him and said hey ananias he says what he says go pray for this guy named saul i just knocked him down Ananias goes over prays for him and disappears off the biblical scene. we never hear from him again. there's a little testimony in chapter 22 where he's mentioned by Saul, Paul when he's giving his testimony but he had 15 minutes of fame he's gone we never hear from him again and nobody is called Saint Ananias, you know there's a lot of Saint Paul mm-hmm. churches and mm-hmm. there's a lot of us that remember Paul but there would be no Paul without an Ananias. Ananias was significant. Paul was significant and successful. And I'm just saying, let God take care of the success. And and what gives us true significance? See, it's interesting. We always make the joke about um, maybe we should write a book on humility, but you can't write a book on humility because by the time you put <laughs> it out, you're full of pride because you're so proud of your humility. and And yet that is the trap yeah. in that – in that uh, this is something I've been impressed about Francis Chan for instance like he's one of the few guys I've heard of that built a big church had a big ministry and then just bailed on it
1: walked away and just
2: walked away <laughs> from it oh wow that's just that that's incredible and would to God that more mega church guys would just go to the top bail out and go to some little slum somewhere and bury themselves mm. I'm not sure what Francis is doing now but but I, I, I appreciated his candor in saying is this all there is to get a big church and to sell a couple of books you know mm. Are we pleasing God? And I think that, uh, you know, that's the bottom line. You talk about, well, what is it all about? What Where is our identity or our significance? It's in one word, and that's the word Jesus. Our, our identity is in Jesus, not what we can do for him. And we all say that. We all preach that. We all say, oh, it's not what I can do for God. It's who you are. Yeah, but how many of us live like that? How many of us worship leaders get bummed out if we get bumped off the platform for the young guy that comes on? How many of us preachers get bummed out? I remember one time getting jealous of uh, Rick Warren because that incident that happened in Atlanta when that murderer was loose and he ended up in the home of a woman who just happened to be reading Rick's book. And, you know, that hit the headline news all around the world. The first thing I thought of wasn't praise God for Rick Warren. It was, how come she wasn't reading my book, man? I need a a boost on my sales, you know, (laughs) because I'm comparing myself with Rick Warren. And I've also got a part in the book about Psalm 16, where it says, my boundary lines have fallen in pleasant places. And a boundary line keeps you in and keeps others out. But if I was to look over my boundary line at Rick Warren, I can get jealous or or intimidated or golly, poor little me, I got a little ministry. But then there's other guys that look at my ministry and think my ministry is big. It's all relative. And yet we think success, and, and Gordon MacDonald has some good stuff in some of his books on this the driven leader, the driven Christian person who is not driven by a, a gentle, wonderful love relationship with God, but they're driven by success and selling more and doing this when in reality Jesus could have had 5,000. And he, he said words in John chapter 6 deliberately intentioned to, to get rid of people. And he ended up with 12 people. And even Peter said, Well, who else are we going to go to? I guess we'll hang out with you. And Jesus changed the world with a small band of disciples. One of them was a traitor. And then you got guys like Peter and James and John, sons of thunder. He had a he had a handful. He had Simon the Zealot, who probably wanted to go stab people. So Jesus changed the world with a small group of people. And yet, what we do, we're not content with twelve. We want twelve thousand, and we want twelve million, and we want this mm-hmm. and that. Mm-hmm. Which may not be bad if that's what God has told you to do. Yes. yes. You know, and if God, if you're a pastor, and God has not called you to do what Wayne Cordero is doing, pray for him. Rejoice with him. But don't get jealous, you just waste a lot of emotional energy. Put your emotional energy into doing with all your heart what God told you to do. Like the verse you quoted earlier about it's required that we become faithful in our stewardship, not look over the boundary lines of somebody else's inheritance. But David said, I have a delightful inheritance. I'm stoked.
1: It it put me at rest. There was a there was a peace, an assurance that I received from the lord you know this book is just i mean you just speak just speaking to you you the scriptures are just flowing out of you mm-hmm. i mean it's kind of like your normal way i mean the word of god comes out and you're you're interspersing it with how it relates to your life how it relates to my life as a reader mm-hmm. uh, and whatever wherever you are in your life whatever you're going through uh, this book is really something that the Lord uh, will use to to encourage you, to equip you, to kind of help you recalibrate. We all need to recalibrate from time to time, maybe more often than not, need mm-hmm. to recalibrate uh, so that our lives, which w- the time that God has given us is very precious and so that we use our time wisely. And yet we're emotional beings. We can go up and down and all around. And, and, and we need uh, the anchor and, and your Christ centeredness is uh, uh, just something that I think we all need. So, having said that, Danny, uh, can I be like uh, Ananias? <laughs> sure,
2: sure.
1: <laughs> uh, I want to be like Ananias, do the next big thing like he did. And, and you know, what, what a significant guy, even though he, he was not Paul. Yeah. You know? I'm talking about the next big thing, it's the book written by Danny Lehman. Uh, It's how little choices can make a big impact. Uh, This book is available at StokerStuff.com. StokerStuff.com, that's one word. And uh, you can just go there and uh, get a hold of this book. We're going to take a break right now. When we come back, we're going to talk more uh, about this book. and, And also, though, how in our lives you know we face certain challenges and and one of the great challenges is we get stuck because we don't feel like we're making any progress and so instead of taking a step we we wait we wait for uh, something bigger we're Mm -hmm. waiting for something even more significant to happen to kind of motivate us move us and in the meantime the clock just keeps ticking Mm. and we we let the time pass by valuable, precious time where a life-changing moment can actually take place. We'll be back more. We'll hear with more with Danny Lehman. Stay with me. Wandering the road of desperate life aimlessly beneath the barren sky leave it to me i lead you home What can we learn about evangelism? Danny Yamashiro here. Rebecca Manley Pippert wrote in her book, Out of the Salt Shaker and Into the World. I once asked a woman if she felt comfortable about evangelism. Oh yes, she responded. I do it twice a week. Somehow it sounded more like taking multiple vitamins. Evangelism isn't just something you do out there and then get back to normal living. Evangelism involves taking people seriously, getting across to their island of concerns and needs, and then sharing Christ as Lord in the context of our natural living situations. For more inspiration on evangelism, go to drdanny.live.
0: You're listening to The Good Life with Dr. Danny, a program of Danny Yamashiro Ministries and Formation Institute. Divisions of Jesus Christ is calling you. Now let's join Dr. Danny and experience the good life today.
1: Danny Yamashiro here. Welcome back to our show. Today, we're reaching into the vault for a classic interview when I hosted this show in Hawaii. Please enjoy. You open the envelope. You know, you get these envelopes every single month. They come relentlessly, whether you're ready or not. You open it up. You know what it is. It's a, it's a bill. And you look at it. It's, it's the top one of several other bills that, you know, are on your uh, kitchen countertop. And you open it up, and you, you know when you're opening it, you know already. You know already. There's not enough money in the bank to pay for these bills. Uh, maybe today when you said goodbye to your spouse uh, it was a goodbye of silence actually you didn't say goodbye you're both angry at each other there maybe something went on last night or over the weekend something having to do with the kids and uh, yet th- there there's a silence but there's a there's a gaping hole in your heart there's a there's a hurt there because you don't you know something's wrong and you want it to to, you want things to be better. Well, you know, we're talking about life here. My guest today is Danny Lehman, and you're listening to the Good Life Hawaii Radio Show. I'm Danny Yamashiro. And as you listen to this program, as we talk about Danny as an author, he's an international evangelist, he, he's a leader of, of many, many missionaries, uh, one of the top leaders of one of the world's largest missionary organizations, Youth with a Mission. We're here to minister to you, and uh, as you're listening to the Good Life Hoy Radio show, you might be tuning in right now and you, you say, "Hey, what did I miss? You certainly want to get that. Go to the goodlifehoy.org, get that. but don't just keep it for yourself. listen to it, but pass it on to a, a friend or a family member who would really benefit from it. the Danny, those scenarios that I gave. How does the book, the next big thing, this book you wrote? How does that relate to somebody? Uh, going through a financial issue or a relational issue, of maybe something at work, or just going through a tough time?
2: Well, I think any Christian at any time of any day for their whole life needs to ask himself the question, what's it all about? What it's all about is faith. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. So there's an adjective that goes along with faith called faithfulness. And so I would say that God is, and this is a prophecy, I'm not a prophet or the son of a prophet, but I can prophesy to anybody that's going through a dark time right now, God is trying to help you to trust him. He's trying to get you to exercise faith in him and be faithful with what he's called you to do. There was a mystic um, Carmelite monk by the name of John of the Cross who wrote a book called The Dark Night of the Soul, and I, and I highlight this in the book. Yes where uh, Isaiah chapter 50, verse 4, talks about a man who is fearing the Lord and obeying the voice of the Lord's servant, who in that context in Isaiah is Jesus. So this is a faithful, obedient person, but is in darkness. Now, if you go to John's writings, darkness is bad and light is good. But in this context, darkness, the the dark tunnel has been built by God, and he's got you on his tracks taking you into the tunnel. This is a God-ordained darkness. Now, we might not like that, but it's, it's part of God's love for us to allow us to go through dark times of testing so that we will uh, grow in our faith. But the way we grow in faith is to keep being faithful in the darkness. And an illustration I give in the book, actually, I don't even know if it's in the book, but uh, I was invited to uh a, a Kelly Community Association um, neighborhood board thing because there'd been some thefts in our, in our area, and so I was there. But I, I got to the meeting late. Uh, I had to park three blocks away. I ran down the street, bounded up some concrete steps, ran across a dark soccer field or actually a soccer field and then into a a parking lot and then into the meeting when it was still light. When I got done the meeting, it was dark. I came out. I came through the lighted parking lot, back across the dark soccer field. And then as I got to the end of the soccer field, my memory hit me that there's a concrete step coming up here, a, a series of steps. So I slowed down and gingerly felt my way in the darkness Hit the top of the step, and then I went down and proceeded to go to my car. Mm -hmm. And what was I doing? I was remembering in the darkness what I had learned in the light. And when we're in those dark times, substitute, uh, loss of a loved one, uh, lost your job, not money to buy the bills, the boss is a jerk, you know, whatever the situation might be. Yes, it could be satanic attack. Yes, it could be somebody did something dumb with their own free will. Yes, it could be an accident. Yes, it could. It doesn't matter the source of the darkness because God has somehow sovereignly allowed you to be in that darkness so that you can exercise in the darkness what you learned in the light because faith is the substance of what you can't see. And so God in his love allows us and sometimes puts us into the darkness, so that we will remember what we learned in the light, so we can learn how to walk by faith, and that's what's pleasing to God. And without this, according to First John, without according to Hebrews, without faith, it's impossible to please God. And so, it was interesting with Paul's thorn in the flesh. I think that's a good example. In one verse, Second Corinthians twelve seven, it says it was a messenger of Satan and a gift of God in the same verse. I used to say, well, I want to get to heaven. I'm going to ask Paul to make up his mind. Was it a messenger of Satan? or No. And, and to Paul, it didn't matter where it came from. We're, we're so busy rebuking the devil every time we get into a dark place that we don't look to be faithful in that. And, and I'll tell you another thing. I run into a lot of Christians who are fair-weather friends with God. As long as God's, you know, got the money coming in and the boss is cool and everything's right, yeah, we'll serve Jesus, go to church. As soon as God doesn't jump through our hoops, we're out drinking and carrying on and crying and being all immature about it, and, and God says, what what kind of a relationship do we have? You know, it's the same thing as a, as soon as a wife or a husband doesn't like what the spouse is doing, they're gone. And we're like that with God sometimes. Imagine going to the creator of the universe and saying, hey, if this darkness lasts too much longer, I'm out of here. And God says, well, I'm going to test you on that because that's the only way you can grow. So look to God in your time of darkness with faith and trust in Him and remember what you learned of Him in His Word because His Word is a lamp unto your feet and light unto your path in the darkness to help you through it. And then you get through this test, you know, take a deep breath because there's another one coming.
1: Danny, I want to take it a, a little deeper. That's deep, but let's go a little deeper. Okay. Somebody, you know, some certain people are, they have a, they're predisposed to be more tenacious mm-hmm. they, they they may be believers they may not be believers they just have more tenacity it could be that they had a parent who reminded them when they were ready to give up as a child don't give up mm-hmm. or never give up give them the Winston Churchill inspirational yeah, yeah. talk uh-huh. you know and never give up and so they they, they sort of had these battles uh, early on and they, they learned us a a pattern of discipline in their life. And so they were kind of guided through that. Of course, then, you know, there's others who have given up Mm. and they they have been unfaithful and they actually both have patterns, a pattern of faithfulness and a pattern of unfaithfulness. Now, the person who has the pattern of unfaithfulness, when the tough times come, their heart melts like wax Mm. and they begin to look for every alternative, Every which way to get out of it. The things that you just said, yeah, as, as we're relating it to the book, the next big thing, your book, what would you say to someone like that who is maybe already an adult? And they're saying, you know, I, I, oh, I want to do that, but I always come back to it and I always fall back the same way. How can I change?
2: Well, you know, it's interesting in the text we looked at earlier, 2 Corinthians 12, the main point of that passage with the thorn in the flesh And this is one of the most amazing passages in the whole Bible, not only to this subject, but just in general, is Paul not only said, I put up with these things. He says, I even delight when these things make me weak, when I have something like a thorn in the flesh that crushes me, that pulls me down. And it could even be a satanic attack. He said it was a messenger of Satan. He says, I delight in weakness, persecutions, insults, and so forth, because when I am weak, then I'm strong. So... um. This might sound a little harsh, but when people stand before God, they're not going to be able to blame an abusive dad or an uncle or or anybody else for their lack of faith because they've been standing in front of the healer the whole time. And Jesus will heal and he will restore, and he can help make us strong in the midst of our weakness if we trust in him. And if we can do nothing else, and so, I don't even know if this is theologically correct, but I think there's a difference between passive trust and active faith. And when you cannot have active faith, you can have passive trust. And you can say, Lord, I don't understand this, but I am going to trust you. And um, yes, some people have it easier than others, raised in a Christian home. I mean, I was uh, raised—my dad was an alcoholic, and I had my issues and so forth. But uh, I had to take—the Bible commands us again and again to be strong in the Lord, to let the weak say, I am strong, to be strong in the grace that's in Christ Jesus— and and so again I don't, I don't mean to sound harsh or demanding but God makes big demands on his disciples and and uh, I think sometimes we're we're behaving more like spiritual children than we are like young soldiers and we need soldiers in this world who are not going to drop out of the race every time they have something go against them and we need to have people that when it's when as they say when the tough gets going and when the going gets tough the tough get going and but, but of course, it's recognized that some of us are better at it than others. But even, even in our absolute weakness, God promises to be strong on our behalf if we would trust in him with, with this passive trust.
1: Danny, you know, you're, you've been in ministry for many years, decades. Uh, your ministry has continued to grow. You are an example of faithfulness. I mean, but you you know, you don't come to this place in your life where you're able to write these books, a book like the next big thing, the ideas, the scriptures, the the way that you it's worked through your life, it's been processed through your life. You don't get to where you are without going through many dark tunnels, mm-hmm. or you know, having to feel your way through dark stairs. So you're a family man. You're married, you've got children, now you've got grandchildren. Uh, I'd like for you to talk with us about how God has taught you the lessons of the next big thing uh, when it comes to being a, a dad, when it comes to being a, a husband. I think it'll just speak to us. When we come back from our break, we're going to hear more from Danny Lehman uh, on some even more personal and even more practical things things about life and how significant the little things are and how they make big impact, big results when we do them and do them well. Are you a dad or a mom? Uh, Are you a, a a person with a family or a business? You have responsibilities. When we come back, Danny Lehman will have something to say to you. About those very things, those big things. Okay, stay with us, we'll be right back. The
3: road of life,
1: beneath the sky. Leave it to
3: me. Jeremiah 33:3 says, Call to me, and I will answer you and show you great and unsearchable things you do not know. The good life with Dr. Danny is a program that was born out of prayer. The Spirit of Christ guides us through prayer, empowers us through prayer, and provides for us through prayer. There are mighty things that the Lord is doing in the Northeast, across the United States, and around the world. Would you like to be a part of God's work through the good life with Dr. Danny? Visit drdanny.live. Dr. Danny invites you to join his prayer team. Each month, you will receive a letter updating you on some of the behind the scenes developments, prayer requests, along with a devotional that Dr. Danny writes to encourage you in the Lord Jesus Christ. Join the prayer team today and make an eternal difference in people's lives. Visit drdanny.live. That's drdanny.live.
0: Hear me call thee. Hear me call thee. You're listening to The Good Life, with Dr. Danny, a program of Danny Yamashiro Ministries and Formation Institute. Divisions of Jesus Christ is calling you. Now let's join Dr. Danny and experience the good life today. Danny
1: Yamashiro here. Welcome back to our show. Today, we're reaching into the vault for a classic interview when I hosted this show in Hawaii. Please enjoy. StokerStuff.com, StokerStuff.com, that's that's where you get the book by Danny Lehman, the book The Next Big Thing, How Little Choices Can Make a Big Impact, StokerStuff.com, you're listening to the Good Life Hawaii Radio Show, I'm Danny Amashiro. my featured guest today is Danny Lehman, Stoker Stuff, you might be thinking to yourself, well, what is that, you know, I mean, Danny, are you speaking a different language, or, you know, where did this come from? You might have heard the word "stoked," but okay, this is Stoker stuff, Danny. Okay, talk to us. What? What? What is? How did you get that uh, website? Well, the word
2: "stoked" is from my surf background. You know, whenever you're, whenever a surfer is excited about the waves or pumped, you know, he's stoked, and and that's become a contemporary word that's used in Kansas and all other places where they don't surf. But yeah, it just refers to an inner spark in your heart that you're stoked and. It's like David said in Psalm 16, in other words, um, I have a delightful inheritance. Uh, my assignment is from the Lord. My boundary lines are in pleasant places. It's a good life. You know, it's it's a wonderful life. And, uh, and um, you know, you were talking earlier about, um, you know, I, we all go through dark times and stuff, and I've gone through some dark times. But, you know, it, it's really all relative. And I consider I've had a pretty good life. I still got my health. I've got a family. i got a wonderful wife. i got great kids, grandkids. Uh, I'm—, I'm living in Hawaii. I mean, you know, who could complain, you know? And um, and I think that's part of the, the issue of getting through the dark times is there's an interesting verse in Psalm 100 that says, enter into his presence with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. So if you're feeling down in the dumps and where's God and the devil's on my case and everything's bad and life is a bummer and and then just start being grateful for what you do have. And sometimes I'll start at the top of my head and thank God I still got hair on my head. I'll thank God for my brains because I, I took 60 hits of LSD during a one-year one, one year period of time when I was 19 and almost drove myself nuts. But God redeemed me and saved me. And I thank God for my salvation, my family, for Hawaii, for this U.S. of A that we live in. I thank God for you just go down the parts of your body. You start to thank God for my pastor. And your health and 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 man, after five minutes of that, man, what do I have to complain about? You know, and and um, and again, I think this is part of the of the uh, the next big thing is what's the last thing God did for you? You know, and what's you know, and you can just you can just have that. So I think that contributes to a heart that's stoked. You know, that I'm not talking about some giddy walking around giggling all the time. You know, we go through hard times, but in essence, we're stoked, and that's what Paul said in Second Corinthians twelve.
1: Now. Stoking. What? What about stoking the fire? Does that have any any? Yeah. Well, uh,
2: now that you bring it up, I just happen to have another book (laughs) called Stoked, uh, called Firing Up Your Passion Uh for God, uh and that has to do. That came out of 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 course the 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 surfer concept of stoked, but also the first uh, artifact that they found in the Titanic was a stoker shovel because it was used to stoke the fire in you know in the hole in the Titanic. And, uh, you know, you stoke a fire. And one of the ways you do that is to feed your soul on spiritual disciplines, on... When you find a Bible teacher, a book, uh, people that that stoke your fire, but you got to keep it stoked. See, I'm a real believer in original sin, and I'm a real believer that, left to myself, I'm going to go to the darkest caverns of my existence to be the most dark, dank person I could possibly be. But with the grace of God and with me me doing my responsibility to discipline myself unto godliness, as Paul told Timothy, and to be strong in the Lord, that's an interesting concept. God says, be strong in the Lord. And you go, what do you mean? Well, it's up to you. You be strong in the Lord. You do it. You know. So it's our responsibility to get ourselves strong. And many times in the Bible, it says, strengthening yourself in the Lord. And how do you do that? Much in the same way a person goes into a gym and works out. And of course, the athletic metaphors are all over the New Testament. Running, boxing, wrestling, athletics, gymnasiums. These are all biblical terms. The whole, you know, 1 Corinthians, for instance, was written to Corinthian Greeks who understood the Olympics. And so it's our responsibility to stoke the fire. And sometimes, and again, I don't want to be harsh. Some people go through incredibly difficult things, and I don't mean to minimize that. But for a lot of us, we're sitting around moaning and groaning about normal ups and downs of life that even non-Christians don't complain Mm -hmm. about. And and, uh, and I think we need to just grow up and be strong in the Lord. And Timothy, who was apparently a shy, reserving, young, insecure person with stomach problems, Paul looks him right in the eye and says, Be strong in the Lord and in the grace that's in Christ Jesus.
1: Author and speaker Joy Dawson, she's, she writes, Danny Lehman's book, it's all about being radically real as a way of life according to God's standards. And that's what the author's life is all about. Danny, radically real as a way of life. You're a dad. You're a husband. How has your application of the next big thing, these little choices, how have they made an impact on your marriage or your life as a father? How have you seen it work? Uh,
2: well, having a faithful wife has been really good for me who, Who's not a fr- who's not impressed. And she's uh, very uh, uh, lovingly enough to point out when I have faults and so forth, by God's grace, sometimes I respond quickly. Other times, God has to take me to the back woodshed to give me some discipline to help me get better. So
1: you're not the only one.
2: I'm not the only one.
1: I'm not the only one.
2: In fact, (laughs) Danny, I was going to tell you, I think there's only 2 right write-on preachers left on Oahu, and I have my doubts about you sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) But... uh, uh, getting back to the, you know, the, the practical things, I, I think it's just you, you do the next thing you can possibly do. You know, you yeah. read in a book that I mean, I used to I have a joke about uh, Gary Smalley. You know, he's he's the world's number one husband. And, and uh, some friends of mine sarcastically sniped at him one time and said, oh, Gary, kiss up to your wife, Smalley. You know, he's just the perfect husband. And but yeah. I can read a book by Gary Smalley. And he says, why don't you take your wife some flowers once in a while? Oh, and I, and if I hear that, write it down. Do that as the next big thing. Uh, you know just from
1: reading it in a book
2: yeah just from some little thing like like learn how to take hints from those little ways God will speak to you Uh, in Hawaii of course we have a a a, um, a, you know a first birthday is really big in Hawaii it's not big on the mainland they don't understand but my my other son uh, David is living in North Carolina now and his son uh, was um, gonna have his first birthday and I know David was missing Hawaii and he was missing home and back in North Carolina, first birthday is the same as any other birthday. They don't understand. But I understood as his dad. So the Lord arranged it and worked it out where I could tweak my travel schedule a little bit and jump in a rental car and drive down and surprise him for my grandson's first birthday. Mm -hmm. And And I realized when I saw the look on my son's face, I could see how much that meant to him. Now, you know, was it a big deal? Well, it was a little bit of a hassle, but you know, it wasn't a hassle for me because you delight to to make a sacrifice or do whatever you can for those you love, and just to do little things. Now, I don't I don't deserve a Congressional Medal of Honor or a Purple Heart because I rented a car, but these are the kinds of things I think you got to do. The little things and build faithfulness. You know, you got to nurture faithfulness, and you do it by just you know what's the last thing God told you to do, and it might be something very very quote small and significant. I quote a couple of secular books in my research uh, for the next big thing. One was called The Power of Small by a lady back in uh, Chicago somewhere. And she pointed out an illustration from uh, John Wooden, which I used in the book, The Famous Basketball Coach. Mm-hmm. He said the first thing he told his players to do was to learn how to fold their socks. And they'd look at him like he was nuts. And I'd say, well, 14 championships. I think we ought to listen to we the guy. She should to him. And he said – uh, unfolded socks make creases, creases make blisters, blisters make for hindered practices, hindered practices make for hindered games, and a folded sock can make the difference between a champion and a near champion. Little things make a big difference. And so, uh, I, I've just, you know, and so this is true in life as well as just in the Christian life, but I think when you have God in the Bible, Putting so much emphasis on little mustard seeds and little child have the faith of a little child, and uh, uh, that which is highly esteemed in the sight of men is really an abomination in the sight of God. God's God's value system is upside down for ours, and we are impressed with the Kim Kardashians and the Brangelinas of this world. And even as Christians, we're so impressed with those who do. You know, things for God, and some of them we should be impressed with because they're real godly saints. But on the other hand, sometimes we're impressed with stuff that God snoozes at and says, "Ha, the guy's got a big book because I gave him an ability to write a book. I could just as easily have given that gift to somebody else." So let's don't like it. Even says in uh, in the scriptures, "Don't think of yourself more highly than you ought." And I always like to remind myself, you know, where I deserve what I deserve right now. I deserve to be sitting right in the middle of the lake of fire. Uh, because of my sins, but by the grace of God. And the word grace, as Philip Yancey points out in his book, uh, What's So Amazing About Grace? The word grace is the root of our word gratitude. And can we be graciously grateful for all God has given us? So I, I try to be grateful. I try to have a quiet time every day. I try to read my Bible and pray fast every once in a while and just do the basics of the Christian life. And as somebody told me one time, Christian maturity is mastering the basics. And... Um, You know, so I just like to, Jesus prayed every day, so I like to pray every day and just try to, as best as I can, keep my head down so the devil doesn't shoot it off and then be faithful. Encouragement from Danny
1: Layman, stokerstuff.com. My friend, God's timing is perfect. And look, there's no better time than right now to share the love of Jesus with someone near you. And hey, if you haven't done so, this might be that perfect moment for you to open your heart to Jesus Christ Would you do that? Go to drdanny.live for next steps and resources to reach family and friends. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and major platforms. Isaiah 50 verse 10 says, Let him who walks in the dark, who has no light, trust in the name of the Lord and rely on his God. It's always a blessing to be with you. Thank you to Danny Lehman, StokerStuff.com. Until next time, along with my producer and creative director, Brian Torres, social media director, Luke Yamashiro, and guest coordinator, Jan Yi, I'm Danny Yamashiro. Remember, the Lord is with you as you share the love of Jesus with someone today.
0: Thank you for listening to today's broadcast